I would rather not go last. Okay, I'll go last then. Uh, but, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll do kings kissing knickers. <laughs> kings kissing knickers? Kings. Ooh, I bet they did as well. Yeah, and I bet they do, Charles. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> That's actually going to look really good as a title. Kings kissing knickers. <laughs> What's that noise? It's my knickers. Uh... A is for anything. B for baby blue. C is classy clams and clogs. D for doggy doos. T is easy. F for flange. G for gannon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Jerry. K is kooky. L for lads. Lager ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for mummy. N for knock knock. Who's there? P P who? Here come Q R S T U for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zinc and zany. Baglioni. Zip zucchini. Zoom and zoom and zippelin too. The alphabet is really cool. I suppose we should probably start with a with a kind of with formal, a hearty with a hearty hello. hello. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> it is good to be back. Don't we we say that every time. Also, what's interesting about this is that we w- w- it'll be coming out in. <laughs> Do you mean that, that it's September and how is your autumn going? Yeah. But also that we're not going to be two years on from ourselves. So it'll be when we're listening back to it, it'll be more like... Real time. I guess, mm. yeah, spoiler alert for the past. <laughs> the entirety of season one was about two years old when it came out. So I think we meant... Did we I think people that? can tell. <laughs> not <laughs> from the stale, <laughs> the stale content. No, because we referenced the pandemic quite a lot. Yeah. Because it had just happened to us. Um, anyway, it's really lovely to be back. I'm just so excited... Because yeah. this is a true joy in Me my too. life. Yeah, same. It's the highlight of my week. This week. <laughs> slow week. <laughs> yeah. It has been a slow week. So, yes, it's wonderful to be back. And I say, let's get straight to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I, for my K, am doing kings. And what is a king? <laughs> is that an actual question? Well, it is. I've written it down. What, what is a king? A king is a supreme ruler, sovereign over a nation or territory, higher in rank than any other secular ruler, apart from an emperor, to Mm. whom they may be subject. Kingship can be elective, as it was in medieval Germany, apparently, but it's usually hereditary. So... Mum and dad. Mum and dad. Nepo babies. Nepo babies. Your classic, your your original (laughs) Nepo babies. I mean... It's such an insane thing. There's almost no other way it could possibly work. Other than... Well, electing a king, it's such a funny role to play. If you were electing a king, would that be in lieu of a sort of... PM. PM. Well... PM, PM. PM, PM. (laughs) You'd think so. I didn't... Elect a king. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's good. (laughs) I didn't dive into medieval Germany. <laughs> okay. Um, but I... I'm you just, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking it, accepting it yeah. as a fact that, that there was, there have been, and maybe still are, elected, elected kings. kings. I don't really think there still are. I feel like they would have come up and they wouldn't just have said, e.g. medieval Germany. Doesn't that happen in the Netherlands? Well, I don't know specifically about the Netherlands, but I think what has happened a lot across the continent in the past century is that a lot of 
nations with monarchies have kind of slimmed them down, mm-hmm. cut the fat off. Oh, yeah. Because they're aware of how a monarchy appears in modern times and they want it to be a bit more modern and a bit more tolerable to the general public. Got, yeah. And I think that's worked in their favour. People are a bit more warm to a monarchy that doesn't just have endless relatives who are all dressed in gold and in line for the throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they wear suits now. Yeah. They look pretty sharp. What, rather than Rather than, culottes. you know, cloaks and culottes <laughs> and socks and... Uh, socks! <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking, like, stockings. Stockings and pointy shoes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Diamonds. So, what, like, medieval garb. Diamonds. Yeah, and also, to be fair, I mean, we, we coronated our own king not too long ago. and if Not I'm... my king. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a heck of a lot of cloakery in that yes a lot that was actually the highlight of the whole thing the outfits we were together and we did not watch it we didn't know we just enjoyed the bank holiday yeah okay I did both I enjoyed the bank holiday (laughs) and I watched our king be coronated (laughs) while I ate little sandwiches I'd have liked to have eaten the little sandwiches they were lovely Cucumber. Uh, cucumber. There was a chicken, coronation chicken. Oh, of course. There was a smoked salmon. <laughs> there was a radish sandwich. It was <gasps> a really... That. I got into such a big argument with my mum about radish sandwiches. What What side were you on? That they didn't exist. Do you know, I was talking to someone yesterday, in fact, who told me the most extraordinary sounding sandwich, and I really want to try it, but I don't know where to get a coconut basher. What? <laughs> so, is that a separate is that like it's going to take up your whole day so it's a fresh coconuts grated with coriander lemon loads of oh, I've forgotten the rest of it but that, that so sounds, far sounds rank yeah, it sounds it, she said it was the most divine oh, thing in the world on, on what coconut. bread on white bread oh no. <laughs> No. no. <laughs> yeah, I hate coconut as well. Yeah. Like that. I'll put it in my hair. I had it on my breakfast this morning. I oh. love desiccated coconut. I've been Ooh. putting it with my yogurt and my bits of granola and fruit. No, no, just no, divine. No. I, I like, like a fresh a fresh cookie. Do you now? That's a surprise. I don't mind it in a, a curry. Sorry, in a curry. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you apologising to? The North. My future self. And the North. <laughs> um... Okay, anyway, back Sorry, to Kings. the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> is what we clean. Fresh cocky. Fresh cocky. Fresh cock only. <laughs> Don't you wag your finger at me and say fresh cocky. <laughs> oh. Okay, so um, the other thing that a king can be is either absolute or constitutional. So if a king has absolute power, it just means they have unrestricted power. Mm. You know, they're not bound to anyone else's policies or guidelines or anything but if it's constitutional it means they exercise their authority in accordance with the constitution and they're not alone in their decision making so in the UK we have a constitutional monarchy and have we always no because we used used to be thought in Britain that kings had divine rights so that their power had been bestowed on them by God which gave them absolute power to do whatever yeah I think that was probably a switcheroo point so there are still many places where there is absolute monarchy right. Brunei is one place Saudi Arabia and the Vatican City mm. and a kingship usually takes the form of a monarchy which is one ruler but there have been instances of a diarchy a diarchy mm-hmm. where there's two joint kings that was the case in Sparta a king often stood as a mediator between the people and their god 
or as the god's representative. Mm. Divine right of kings. And so, who was the first king? <laughs> She's not letting me have a, have a moment in the sun. <laughs> oh my God, Jelly's lost the plot. <laughs> wow, I'm in my brat era. You are being a bit bratty. <laughs> <laughs> Children. <laughs> Mom. Sorry, Gina, carry it's on. Fine. Are we guessing who the first king is? No, I don't want you to guess. You're going to tell oh, Alfred what? the Great. Well, you can guess. Alfred the Unready. Wilhelm the... Is that really your best guess? No, it begins Ooh. with an A. Now who's serving bread? <laughs> Sounds like Brad. Who's serving bread? <laughs> it begins with an A. No. What does it begin Marika's, with? Marika's. I don't know. I don't you, know anything. Tell about us what history. it begins with. An E. Ethelred. Ethelred. No. Is it? No. No. no is no, it like a Viking king? No. Oh. No. Esteban. No. <laughs> Esteban of where? <laughs> Spain. Cuba Spain um, no so according to the Sumerian king list which was a list of the kings in Sumer between well from the late third <laughs> millennium what's Sumer I'll tell you in a second okay what's <laughs> what's Sumer with you a Sumer Madonna <laughs> Jenny sorry <laughs> The sun is yours. The sun is yours. You're not giving me a moment in the sun. (laughs) Yeah, you're really blown. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's come over me. Sumer is a southern region of Mesopotamia, which is modern Iraq. Got ya. So the Sumerian king list, which was a list of kings in Sumer in the late third and early second millennia BC. So 3000, 2000 BC. Yep. According to that, the first king is... Um, bear with me. <laughs> en- oh, yeah, I remember en- that. Sorry? Enmibaragesi. Enmibaragesi? Enmibaragesi. Can you, can you spell it? Yeah. E-N-M-E-B-A-R-A-G-E-S-I. Oh. King of Kish. Lovely. Mm. Uh, in the year 2600 BC. Now, he's actually number 30 on the list, but the reason that he's cited as the first king is that he's the first king on that list who has... There's confirmation from outside sources that he actually exists. Right. Existed. Whereas the first 29 are kind of mythical. Okay. Um, because you know that's what history was like for a long time. It was just made-up crap. <coughs> And then at some point it changed from being about gods into being about people. Yeah. So that's that. How many kings are there in the world today? Well, this is where the difference between monarch and king comes in because... So there are 29 monarchs in the world. Oh, wow, that's fewer than I would have thought. Yeah, same. I'm a bit muddled here because according (laughs) to everything, there are 29 monarchs and they they all listed all the different websites I went on. Yeah. So yeah, Wikipedia and... um, (laughs) Waitrose.com. <laughs> um, they all said 29 monarchs and listed the same countries. Yeah. But then I later, when I was looking for the youngest king, an entirely new country came up that hadn't been listed. So oh, okay. I'll get to that in a second. But So there are 29 monarchs in the world. 17 of them are kings. Right. There's only one queen in the world now. No way. Typical. And do you know who she is? Queen. Ooh. Can we have a starting letter? M. Marika. Marika. No. <laughs> Monica. No. Martha. Marisa. No. Margaret. Uh, oh, come on, we knew that. Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret. Well, I'm going to say Margrethe, the second of Denmark. Uh, uh. Japan has an emperor. 
Mm-hmm. And I was amazed. I mean, talk about kings in suits. I picture an emperor. <laughs> as, well, we, <laughs> we did. We yeah, touched we did. on it. I picture an emperor as an even more splendid cloth than mm. a king. Mm-hmm. And then I Googled the, uh, the emperor of Japan and he's just very much in a business suit. Mm. Just standard, modern fare. Man of the people. And then Brunei and Oman have sultans. Liechtenstein and Monaco have princes. Um, Qatar and Kuwait have emirs. And Luxembourg has a grand duke. And the UAE has a president, but he's a monarch. Right. So I'm not sure. Uh, again, you know, don't press me for the details because I <laughs> do not, I cannot help you out. <laughs> um, the oldest king is the king of Saudi Arabia, Salman bin Abdul Aziz, and he's only 87, which isn't that old. No, I suppose not. Because how old was Lizzie? 96 old. or something? Yeah, maybe even... The 97, she was, she was really the front runner by quite a margin. Yeah. The, this is the funny thing where I... <laughs> Sorry. Um, I googled the youngest king hmm. alive. King Oyo, who is king of the kingdom Toro in Uganda. So Uganda has apparently multiple kingdoms. Right. King Oyo, born in April 1992, <gasps> younger than Marika Hackman. Yeah was three years old when he became king wow. following the death of his father. How rich are the kings? <gasps> king Charles III has an estimated personal net worth of £1.8 billion pounds or dollars. A lot is done in dollars online. <laughs> online. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I think, was estimated... I think The Guardian did that with like several valuation experts and that's a covering all his assets and properties, jewels, paintings, racehorses, vehicles and stamp collections. He's got incredibly valuable stamp collections. Like wow. millions of Do you pounds. think the royal family have like every stamp that's been made because their faces go on it? So they get sent it first, like approval? Mm, have check it must do. Although I did see something about them being given a dodgy gift from another country, which was a stamp collection. So I guess they've additionally got other all stamps. stamps. Got to catch them all. The richest king is... Now, bear with me again. <laughs> it's King Vajira Longhorn. No. Of t- My crisps are Longhorn. <laughs> no, not Longhorn. Longhorn. Vajira Longhorn has an estimated worth of between 30 and $43 billion. He's described as an eccentric and his own mother described him as a bit of a Don Juan. Which is a bit weird. What's thing. a Don Juan? Yeah. Don Juan, I think he's a bit of a like a sexy philandering guy. He's been married four times. He's a trained pilot who regularly flies his own Boeing seven three seven. He named his pet poodle, as in it, he didn't call it this. He like made his poodle Air Chief Marshal. Sorry, who, 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 who's this man? <laughs> this is King Vajira Longhorn oh, yeah, yeah. of, Thailand. of Thailand. Sorry, I'm with you. And he gave his poodle a four day funeral. Over the years, he has faced allegations of involvement in illicit activities, but strict laws in Thailand prevent criticism of the monarchy and journalists who have delved into it have uh, ended up exiled or jailed. That could be us. No, because we're foreign. Okay. We're not Thai. Okay. Unless you couldn't tell from my pronunciation of Vajira Longkorn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, longest reigning monarch ever was Louis XIV. Ah, Le Roi Soleil. Le Roi Soleil. And he ruled for 72 years and 110 days, while Lizzie 
God rest her soul, was the runner-up and she ruled for 70 years and 42 days. Oh, she was close. She was close, yeah. Shortest reigning king is a bit of a fun one. It's kind of disputed, as a lot is. But King Louis Nineteenth of France uh, ruled for 20 minutes. He wow. Was, he was the heir of uh, King Charles X, who was forced to abdicate during the July Revolution in 1830. And technically, he wasn't actually proclaimed king, but him and his father both abdicated on the same document. So he was king between the time his dad put his signature and he put his signature because apparently he was like putting up a bit of a hoo-ha because he didn't want to Uh, give up his right to the throne. So there was 20 minutes where he was king. That's crazy. People say. Bananas. Now I'm just going to mention a couple of kings. Well, monarchs. So the first is Ivan the Terrible, who was actually a czar, but that was a monarch. Yeah. So uh, 16th century Russia. He came to power at the age of 16 following a what sounds like quite traumatic youth. Both his parents died when he was a child and then he was kind of abused by the nobility and it was all quite miserable. And I think the beginning of his rule wasn't that bad. Like, he seemed kind of normal. Then two big things happened. He was betrayed by his friend who defected to the Lithuanians and then led the army against Russia and, like, had some big defeat against Russia. And then his wife died and that just tipped him over the edge and he became obsessed with the idea that people were going to betray him Mm. so he created this kind of police force to make sure no one stepped out of line called bear with me again Oprichniki and uh, they would dress all in black they were his personal bodyguard and enforcers and they rode around with severed dog's heads on their saddles And they would kill anyone suspected of disloyalty, methods including boiling alive, <gasps> roasting over an open fire, and being... <laughs> <laughs> and tearing you limb from limb by horses. So oh, I guess... Which would you choose? Pulled apart by horses. I think roasting on an open fire. Ooh. What's the quickest? Probably boiling alive, actually, because you drown as well. Surely being ripped asunder would kill you the fastest. Oh, so nasty. No, because your brain would still... Like, imagine your body... <laughs> yeah, but you'd bleed out like that. Yeah. True. I'd go horses. Really? I'd go boiling. Oh! Well, I suppose I have to go roasting on an open fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, off we go, guys. <laughs> it's all you ever wanted. Oh, one last thing. I just wanted to say my... My favourite king that I came across, and I was maybe going to do the whole thing about this king, but then I mentioned it to producer Will because I didn't. I wanted it to be a surprise, and then his reaction made me think maybe it wasn't <laughs> like maybe you guys would just know who this person was, but I had never heard of King Harold Bluetooth. <laughs> do you That's know? where Bluetooth comes from. Yes, yeah. does it? Yeah, does it? <laughs> he was king of Denmark. In the year 958 to 986, he introduced Christianity to Denmark. His traditional explanation for his name is that he probably had a dodgy tooth that kind of looked a bit blue. It's where the symbol comes from and everything. Yeah, the symbol is the runes of his initials. Yeah. So, yeah, it was based on the analogy that the technology would unite devices the way that Harold Bluetooth united the tribes of Denmark into a single kingdom. And the Bluetooth logo consists of a... Younger Futhark Bine Rune for his initials H and B. Huh. Hold me back. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is really That's cool. That's very cool. Before I finish, would 
either of you like to be king? If you were king for the day, what would you do? Do you have to try and do good or...? No, you can do what you want. Okay. <laughs> you can boil me alive. Yeah. Ooh. You could get rid of a few people. You can get rid of Prince Andrew. Stay oh, off the I see. Bat. So if you were in the royal family... He doesn't have to be in my family. I can be king for the day oh, yeah. and just maybe... If, I'm gonna, if they're all going to come back after a week... What would you do? <laughs> yeah. Like, get rid of him? Do you mean... Blast him into space? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Put him on a remote else? island somewhere. Oh, no, he's done that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's hard not to just think about having a lovely time. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I'm just like, go to a posh hotel. Yeah. But it would be good to use your powers for good if you had, like, actual influence. Boring. Maybe you'd have a big party. Yeah. Have a big party. 5,000 friends. Oh, that'd be so fun. I'd make everyone yeah. I've ever fancied go out with me. <laughs> All at once. <laughs> you. You have to go out with me now. I'm king. <laughs> that sounds lovely. <laughs> Very you, medieval. And then you'll be blasting me to space in your kingdom. Yeah. All right, kissing. Mm. Yes, let's get hot and heavy. What's going on? I was going to say, when was the last time anyone kissed anyone? Hey, what the hell? You. Okay, start again. What is that? Start again, start again. And kissing. Let's get hot and heavy <laughs> also, with it. Also, that's a really boring question for me and Gina. <laughs> well, was that one of your questions? No. Okay. But I was going to start with a question before you started with a question. Let's okay. r- r- rewind. Kissing starts here. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to open off with, just Alvin, if anyone can actually remember, do you remember your first kiss? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, I do too. Okay, well, fantastic. So mine's a little fuzzy. So, Gina, can you <laughs> kick us off? Mine's a little fuzzy too, but. Kiss us off. It was with my friend Ned. Mm-hmm. It was. Pretty sweet, really. I mean, it uh-huh. wasn't like a romantic thing. We were just at a party, you know, drinking beers. Were you jiving? Uh, what do you mean? Like dancing. No, we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mean? No. What else? Um, I thought maybe you meant it in a like... like vibing. Vibing. Oh, okay. Like, were you kind of spitballing? Kind of? <laughs> well, maybe you were spitballing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, it wasn't really... It was just that age. We were 13. I yeah. know some of us were a bit developmentally earlier than others I was a, a late bloomer and it was just that time when you would just kiss anyone yeah because it was like we kiss yeah so Ned was the first person I kissed mm. lovely sounds very wholesome I was chuffed to bits you know I was like well, I've kissed someone now yeah. yeah so much is just getting it out of the way oh yeah what about you then Joel how did you get it out of the way <laughs> <laughs> I think now I'm now I'm questioning myself but I think my first kiss was in year seven with a boy called Alex Freeney and it was in the girls' lose at school. Yeah. And I think that maybe we were seeing each other. Seeing each other? It's <laughs> such a mature way to say I it. I think we were like girlfriend and boyfriend for literally probably the extent of the kiss. That's what I think. There are a couple around that time. Not, oh, hello. Not to brag. Playing the field. <laughs> it was my most sexually erudite time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Cut! That is not being That's cut. That's not being cut. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know where you got that one from. But I, I feel like I was kissing more people then than I was now. Yeah, but I think that's school, isn't it? Mm. I don't feel like I was getting as much as other people were at school. I mean, yeah, I would say the same for me as well. But that's because I, I literally had... Closet. It was those two years. Year seven and year eight were great for me, and then it all went downhill. You were pretty early starter, weren't you? Mm. False start, you might say. 
I can't remember mine. Not that either of you asked. Um, no, because you said that you couldn't remember it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, I just started saying that. <laughs> you must remember. I had lots it. of kiddie kisses. You... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Prince when Andrew. I, when I was a child. When I was a child, I had lots of boyfriends when I was like six and seven. That doesn't count because that's just like your perceived idea of what a kiss is, and it's not really like a kiss. Did you have any kisses in the kind of eleven to eighteen era? Yes, but only with boys. But, but Marika, you can't just edit them out because they're boys. I hadn't finished my sentence. <laughs> okay, sorry. Only with boys that I didn't really fancy and I therefore count them kind of in the same bracket because I was snogging boys from sort of like eight, but none of them were stuck in my brain because I didn't fancy any of them. Yeah, I get that. And there was a lot of games of spin the bottle, etc., etc. Et are you saying you didn't fancy them because you fancied girls or you just didn't fancy these boys that much? Probably both. Mainly the former, somewhat the latter. And actually, Kiss Chase was a thing. Did you guys ever play Kiss Chase? Yeah, I that never was really quite liked that one. No, it was it actually was just barbaric. I never liked. I never liked any of those chasing games. I hate being chased. Yeah, especially up the stairs. Ooh. I every every <laughs> single time I go to a restaurant or a bar where the loo is downstairs. And I'm coming back up the stairs. I sprint because I think a devil is coming to drag me down the stairs. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Good God. Or not even a devil. Maybe sometimes a real person. I know what you mean. I don't do that, but I have it in the back of my mind. Anyway, let's carry on. Um, oh. So what I found very interesting when I was surfing the net, less than half, so 46%, of all cultures kiss with their lips in a romantic sense. What? Less, yeah. Less than half. Yeah, of- there was a big study and basically everyone on the internet kept quoting this study. So I think it was quite like groundbreaking. And I did find one other website that said it was 90%. So that's quite a big What, 90% difference. do kiss on the Yeah, lips. but most of them were all saying it was this study that said 46% of all cultures kiss with their lips sexily. <laughs> so how, oh, 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 you mean, sorry, as in like... They kiss in their cultures, but it's not romantic. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. The, like the French doing the kiss on the cheek. Yeah, kiss on the cheek or like a, a parental kiss, a, a greeting kiss, a friendship kiss. Got you. They're all legit. But in a, for like romantic sensory pleasure, it's 46%. Maybe they have like an alternative. Yes, they do. And there's I'm not going to like list any of that, but there's some theories as to why we kiss that maybe explain why other places don't. Because then it's like, it's obviously not like a necessarily a universal evolutionary thing because only less than half of us are doing it as a, as a humanity. So generally there's a theory that just anyway, as babies, we have an innate liking for like lip touching because of breastfeeding, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like a sensitive part of you and it has like positive reinforcement all the time, especially because it's supposed that our ancestors used to do pre-mastication like birds. like birds, so mama would chew the food and spit it direct into the baby's mouth, mouth to mouth, and that <laughs> mouth, mouth to mouth, <laughs> mouth to mouth. He did that very well. What mouth, mouth to mouth, mouth, mouth to mouth. <laughs> Did it mouth, mouth to mouth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made sense though. It was really good. Yeah, which yeah. So obviously that's more positive reinforcement. That's like a, a creating a t- an attachment and a bond with, a, even if it's parental, but with so the idea that your lips being stimulated is something that creates a bond and. Also, our lips are very thin-skinned and they're full of nerve endings. And this one's interesting. They're never really covered. <laughs> that's so true. Right, so everywhere else on our body that's like sensitive yeah, yeah. and erogenous zone in that way is usually covered up, um, whereas our lips are always around and about. And they did 
some research into this. And so hunter-gatherer communities, none of them kiss romantically except for Inuits in the Arctic Circle. And they're the only ones that wear like full-on clothing. So the communities that are always exposed, so they're like nipples and butts and stuff are around, they don't kiss for romantic stimulation, but the fully clothed Interesting. Do. That's really interesting. So it Which really was, is the nipple of the face. It is nipple of the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've yeah. always thought it. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was my most favourite one that I read because I just thought that was something I'd never thought about. Yeah. Um, there's also like kind of chemical things as well, like stuff we kind of know that, that you kiss and oxytocin and dopamine and stuff are all triggered to create bonding feelings and sense of attachment. And there's also a lot of testosterone in saliva, which kickstarts your sex drive. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Golly, so, so you've really got to get it in there. What, the kiss? Yeah, yeah. spitballing, if you will. You've got to do some tonguing. Yeah, French kissing. Yeah. So the last kind of big one, big one, is um, <laughs> <laughs> the big reveal. It's just getting up close to each other oh, yeah. so you can you can basically sniff each other which gives you a lot of information about sort of diet disease mood and whether you're related stuff like that what um you can tell from your smell well apparently at some level it would make you hopefully unattracted to that them <gasps> in a sexual way because you were taking in you know wow i didn't know that but these days we're masked in all that lindor and- yeah but there's <laughs> lindor <laughs> only easter <laughs> maybe christmas <laughs> you've been eating a bit of chucky lenore lenore does anyone even use lenore i do yeah do i've got it i'm wearing lenore right now i don't think you would smell these things per se i think it's like pheromones pheromony kind of stuff I still don't even quite understand what a pheromone is I did talk about it in the fragrance one but I've forgotten it's kind of like inflation you can describe it and explain it all you like but I just won't allow it to sink in yeah the thing about that is you see it in other animals like dogs and things like that but also it's obviously they don't kiss in the same way and that's because we don't have such good sense of smell as most other animals out there so we have to get that a little bit closer which could explain why as a species we're one of the few that do kiss and only really bonobo is it that how you say it I think yeah so yeah only those guys kiss in the same way as humans they've they, they've had fights and stuff and they kiss afterwards and, things. Really? and it's like romantic Aww. chimpanzees kiss in a more familial kind of way like a just a cute kind of family like, bond how, yeah, haven't seen you in ages yeah just like it's kind of like a social thing yeah. oh um, sweet but then you also have Elephants touch their trunks together and put them in each other's mouths as a sign of affection. Wow. Which is very sweet. Oh, I was reading last week how puffins mate for life and then they (gasps) tap their beaks to reaffirm their their love. That is very sweet. I love puffins. Same. They've got such sad, mournful eyes. But really jazzy beaks. So jazzy. I love it. I really love a puffin. (laughs) So the earliest record of kissing dates back... Uh, about 4,500 years to the Middle East. So it was only actually, I think, this year or end of last year, they had thought it was actually a 1,000 years later for a really long time. And then they found these clay tablets left by ancient civilizations that dated back further, ancient Mesopotamian texts, that had people rolling around kissing on them. So it suggested it was also, it was not just a social thing or a deferential thing, and it was a romantic lusty business Mm. also there's a lot of reports um, from long long ago same times where a lot of medical texts uh, mention a disease called Bushanu 
which basically has exactly the same symptoms as herpes and it was spread like wildfire and they're saying that it was because of all the kissing that was going on. Is it because you get it from your boosh and your anus? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Anus boosh. <laughs> but it's nice to know that, you know, that was all going on really far away. Yeah. yeah. That's just been kicking around. I mean, herpes is old. It's got to be, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's so sort of scabby and old. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) How would you greet someone's mum (laughs) who you were meeting for the first time? Tricky. I'm afraid it does depend on context. Okay, personally, if I was allowed my to do what I wanted, and obviously I'll always read the room, and you can tell when this isn't needed... I like just a, a sort of embrace without a kiss on the cheek. Agreed. Yeah, but maybe like I could do a sort of back of the cheek to back of the cheek, but I don't want to be ball of the cheek to ball of the cheek because that got feels you. quite kind of fleshy and intimate. It's very intimate. I like just a simple embrace because I, I think I pride myself on quite a good basic embrace. Firm squeeze, never a wet. What? Never a wet fish of a... Okay. You know, people that don't really, like, <laughs> yeah. squeeze. Yeah, with a know. kind of limp pat on the back. So, I mean, you Not know, I'm here, hello, Yeah, but no kiss. But no kissing. But I appreciate sometimes a handshake is more appropriate. But it's, it's sometimes hard because you sometimes go for the hug. Yeah. And then you're kind of kissing and hugging. Mm. Well, I get this mm. a lot. I go for the hug and people end up kissing my ear a lot. Mm. Mm. In fact, Ned, who I had my first ever kiss with, I saw last night. And as we hugged, our ears perfectly aligned ear to ear. And it was extremely sensual. <laughs> well, it's a minefield for sensuality. <laughs> yeah, it is. The greet, the greet, the meet and greet. The meet and what greet. about yeah. you guys? How would you greet a mum? I instinctively do try and go for a hug. Yeah. But again, kind of quite quick, not too lingering. But I am conscious of the fact that a lot of people don't like that with someone they don't know. We literally had this discussion the other day about how how to greet artists when they come into work and like what's the vibe. Yeah. It does kind of have to be on a case-by-case basis, but there is so much leeway for it to just be awkward. Someone I know met someone in a work capacity for the first time. I think he went for a kiss, of the, kiss on the cheek oh, and she went for a hug and they ended up kissing on the lips. <laughs> that's the fear. Yeah, that's that. the biggest fear oh, of the greeting. So bad. That's the worst possible case scenario. Yeah. yeah. If, that, if that happened to me in a work capacity, I would honestly quit and never go back. <laughs> oh, I can't think of anything worse. That's yeah. true. Well, the kissing part of it, which is obviously the cause for some... It's yeah. danger. It's dangerous. It's perilous. Also, because you don't know what you're supposed to do, where you are, in terms of how many kisses yeah. mm. in oh, different God. countries, which I was having a little looking up of, a little research. So even in France... It's different with each region. Yeah, so Paris is the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you French? No, but I'm... <laughs> no, you are. That's the joke. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but uh, this you are delving into my childhood here with navigating the stress who why am I being kissed all the time I thought it was two now I'm somewhere slightly north of where I was and it's three now I'm in Brittany and it's fucking four yeah that that was my list thanks (laughs) nailed it (laughs) um and then also then when you go around the world, it's also, there's other countries like um, Brazil, it changes region to region. Is it ever more than four? I didn't find any that were more than four. That's four is actually though. the highest 
on the list. So France wins. My brother always used to hide when one particular woman came round. Because you, you always had to do the four kisses and it was just, he just didn't want to do it. I found it really awkward transitioning from being a child to being like 13 and suddenly all these, you know, friends of my parents who (gasps) the whole time that I'd known them, I was just like scurrying around pretending to be Pocahontas. And then suddenly it was like, hello, how are you? Yeah. Awkward. I hate that. Also, I hate that here it's supposed to be two there's still a bit of a toss up whether it's supposed to do one or two yeah and well, it's we just, don't... just stressful because that's where you get the lip grade yeah. I think one is very American isn't yeah, it yeah it is it's that horrible thing when you do one and you're going in for the two but the other person has already pulled their head away and then you're like kind of in front of them like going <laughs> you're actually so you're better off assuming it's a one yeah. yeah because then you're never left hanging yeah anyway greeting kissings of boring kissings let's talk about sexy kissings <laughs> I did a lot of looking up on Google of uh, what makes a good or a bad kiss. Um, And there were lots of quite funny articles, sort of Teen Vogue. The Guardian actually did a piece. They all said the same stuff that I think we will all agree on if we discuss this ourselves. I I looked at WikiHow. (laughs) I love WikiHow. Which had some just some really funny tips that stood out to me that I'm going to say. That it's not like in order. There were like 15 different steps to doing a good kiss. They're all broken down into five steps as well. Yeah, each section. Like... The bit before the flirting, then the lean in, then the actual kissing, Moisten then the after. Well, yes, that's the first one. Oh my god! Be sure to slather on lip balm to keep your lips soft and kissable. I never no. choose an unscented flavor because your date might not like scents. Um, it also says to eat a breath mint or chew on a piece of mint gum several minutes before you try to kiss the person. I actually think that's almost off-putting. Yeah, it's because it shows preparation. Yeah, yeah. and preparation is not sexy. Yeah. Well, this one was interesting to me. Close your eyes as you go in for the kiss. As you near their lips, close your eyes and keep them closed until the kiss is over. This will prevent them from getting uncomfortable during the kiss. I am on the fence about, I don't think that we should have our eyes closed for the entirety of kisses. And I think a little eye contact is sometimes quite sexy. I also just sometimes forget to close my eyes. Sometimes you're kind of thinking about things. Yeah, just like (laughs) looking into the middle distance, scanning over regrets. (laughs) I think... Do what feels natural. Yeah. I think it's such a like old school idea, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like the big romantic closed eyes sweeping kiss. Because sometimes I've caught myself with my eyes open and been like, oh, weird, close your eyes. And then when you close your eyes, it feels so weird and pretendy. Yeah. Like, this is so romantic. Yeah. Like you're being filmed. Oh, also, this was another, sorry, random, another tip. Try not to get any saliva onto their lips. Like, that's quite hard. What? Surely that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. This is all very Wiki. Don't go on WikiHow, kids. Like, that's... Just vibe it yeah. out. Um, what do you guys think? What's you know what makes a good kiss for you? Bad kiss actually is more fun. What makes a what makes a bad kiss? Two things really crop up for me. Uh-huh. So one of them I was thinking of. Uh, it's almost too disgusting to say, but I know it's a thing, and I can't even think who I've kissed where this was the case. But when some men, maybe some women do it too, use their tongue in such a fashion that it's like they think it's a sort of avatar for their penis I was about to say hard and it's like tongue a sort of hard stabby <laughs> yeah, tongue yeah. Thing. bad 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 horrible I feel like I'm going to be sick even thinking about it yeah. right now <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is too gentle and I told you this Marika I kissed someone once and you said what was it like and I said it was like kissing a yogurt yeah oh yeah yes. that's not good that's not good. There's yeah, that's a middle way. Yeah. You want a little bit of pressure? Yeah. 
but softness. But tenderness. Not a hard, not a hard tongue. Yeah, not a hard tongue. What about what do you? What's well, your pet that, peeves? <laughs> I can't figure out if this is my own pet peeve or is this this is something that I've seen somewhere. But the like sort of lots of kisses going on at once. Hang on. <laughs> well, like communal. <laughs> no, no, like an in and out kind of vibe. I suppose pecky, but with tongue. Pecky with tongue. Pecky with tongue. <laughs> just trying to get my trying to get a mental image here. And and also I think I know what you mean. Anything too salivary. Yeah. Sloppy. Sloppy. Yeah. You don't want it to be sloppy. Well I remember when when we were teenagers, something had gone around the school as a kissing tip that like you should use your tongue like it was like a washing machine. Yeah. Which you shouldn't do. Who would ever say that? It's a terrible piece of advice. That is yeah. shocking. Yeah. I wasn't doing it. Oh. Too much tongue, actually, I, is... Turn off. A, a bit. You've got to save it for the right times. Yeah. Agreed. There are, there, there, it has its moments. <laughs> the eyes that Jelly just gave me. What? Pop flirty. Shield. Sort of intense, sensual. Ooh. I think um, sparingly. Yeah. But at the right time. Yeah. I'm just replaying various kisses of adolescence. Like, yeah. a bad kiss... Is chilling to the bone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're kind of, and because you're kind of locked in, it's you're... hard because it's like, is everything else going to be bad? Well, yeah. I remember someone I kissed, who was shoving his tongue <laughs> in my mouth so much, <laughs> and obviously I was just recoiling, like trying to gasp for breath while this was happening, and he was like, "You kiss like you've never kissed before," and I'm like, "No." No, 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 no. No. I wonder if there are people listening that we've kissed thinking they don't know the half of it. We're going to look at knickers. We put them on every day. Do we? Or do we? Do you? Oh, well, actually. God, yeah. I didn't on Sunday. What were you doing on Sunday? I'd forgotten to pack any. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a text from Rika saying, do you have any spare knickers? Pants. I think you said pants. Yeah, I wouldn't say knickers. And I immediately assumed that you'd shake yourself. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you just go in for a day too? I'd so. rather not. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd rather get the fresh breeze. But Not so fresh okay. breeze. But it depends what you've been up to on day one. I just feel like day two is... I don't like putting on... Dirty clothes. Oh, yeah. so difference is if you took them off, it's putting them back on. Yeah. For me, like if I was you wear so pants in bed. No, but you shouldn't, Gina. I no, say. I I don't. But I have I have at times. I have at times. Well, sure. like if you got your period. Yeah, and you're yeah. in someone else's bed. Yeah, if you're in someone else's bed, or like if I'm in a hotel room, mm. I don't like to have bare body on the sheets. Cause like, all I can think about <laughs> is all of the other bare bodies. Oh, because you're not wearing pajama bottoms. Because I don't really take pajamas. I'll just like take a t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then just oh, a yeah. T-shirt. Winnie the Pooh isn't as good. Yeah, but you don't know how thorough they are when they turn over the rooms. Because yeah. I always imagine sometimes they just brush off the odd pube and make. I've it... brushed off the odd pube from a hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been left. Not mine. <laughs> I've brushed off the odd pube. <laughs> what I'm saying is they're not brushing enough, you know. As in, not they need to be more. Like, yeah, you know, all I'm, yeah. I'm probably over paranoid as per. But sometimes I'm just thinking, and you know, I'm only in hotels for business trips, and they're quite sad little hotels. And 
all you can think about is the other people on business trips mm. who are also sad who also have pubes would you ever go commando which is to have no pants on <laughs> <laughs> Just to define it for those listeners that might not know. Which is to say, have no pants on. <laughs> Which is to say, just on like a day-to-day basis. No, no way. I think no it's either. insane when people are like, oh, I'm wearing this dress and like, I'm not going to wear knickers with it. Although historically... I had to go commando once. Oh, yeah. Because I ran out of knickers. Just once? I don't, I'm not sure I ever have. It was... Oh, a- apart from one time at school. Oh, my God, it's just come back Oh, my to God, me. I was as well at school. What happened to you? Well... This time when I was at school, I was probably four or five, yeah. four, I think. And the school receptionist, I didn't know anything was different. I had no idea I didn't have knickers on. I don't know how she got this information, but <laughs> she came in and she said, Georgina doesn't have any knickers on today. She needs to come with me. In front of the whole class. And I had to go and wear knickers from the piss your pants drawer. I have a very similar thing. Although I feel like I was in reception, but for some reason I didn't have knickers on and I was sitting we were in assembly and I guess I was sitting cross-legged and then one of the teachers was sitting opposite me <laughs> and then obviously clocked that I didn't have any pants on and came over and was like do you want to just come with me and I had to go and wear knickers from the piss your pants drawer it's like my earliest memory of feeling like mortified they must have because I've always wondered how did they figure that out What's this piss your pants drawer? So there was a drawer that they had, which was for <laughs> kids jealous. That, for kids <laughs> that pissed one. themselves. <laughs> yeah, if you if you wet yourself at school, what do you call your undergarments? Pants, pants or knickers. Mm. Well, there are some names for them here on this Bellatory <laughs> website, and the what do you call your underwear dot com. <laughs> What's on that website? Well, I'll tell you. Man grabbers, which I don't appreciate. No. Because you're not just grabbing men. Man traps. Ew. Tighty whities, we all know. Butt flossers. Brackets thong. Uh. Passion killers. Brackets granny panties. That's me. Love, that's me. Clam openers. Oh. Oyster catchers. What? Butt bag. Yeah, that's me. And then pants, panties, underpants, briefs, thongs, G-strings, pantaloons, drawers, frillies. Undies, bloomers, smalls, unmentionables, which I like. But I always thought your unmentionables were your actual bits. <laughs> there you go. That's a run through. A fact that I read is that the average woman owns 34 pairs of pants. Whoa. That's a lot. That feels like a lot to me. How many yeah. do you think you have? I have probably like eight relatively okay ones and 10 scrappy. I reckon I've got about. 18 pairs in total. That's exactly what I just said. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. Um, But they're all basically identical. Do you ever get slap on something nice? (laughs) Yeah, what's what's, what's your fanciest fanciest pants? It's not fancy. I just, I think the Calvin, like, if they are, but like, if I thought I was going to. High end. If I thought I was going to be getting down to my pants, then I'd probably slap on a pair of Calvin Klein's but I never think that that's the thing you're always caught out aren't you I honestly think if you blindfolded Theo and like didn't allow him to go in my knicker drawer and said (laughs) what kind of knickers does Gina wear he wouldn't know really yeah I don't think if I bought like cool fun underwear it would make an an inch of a difference (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can run you through a brief, brief history. Very good. 
Well, <laughs> you can go all the way back to ancient Greece and Egypt <laughs> and Rome to find evidence of pants. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a travel guide. In in Greece, women wore undergarments called a tunica and strophium, which was like a band, bandeau star bra. Mm-hmm. Those are really cool. Made of linen. Nice. Very breezy. Breathable. Which emphasised the ideal feminine figure, which at that time was small, small chest, large, large hips, huh. which is interesting. And in ancient Egypt, apparently lower class women often didn't wear any kind of underpants because it was really hot. But I don't know why that correlates with them being lower class. But Maybe it's... because they were working. Oh, yes. But the most common garment for women, any ancient Egyptian woman, was a calasiris, which was a simple linen tunic that was worn as underwear. Similar to a loincloth. But actually, oh, the real okay. fairy, like, if it's all the way back to cave people and you've got loincloths flapping around. The loincloth thing, sorry, the, with Neanderthal sort of times yeah is that what definitely confirmed because it feels very advanced well i think as opposed to us just having to depict these things in ways that are not upsetting to children's eyes i think it was literally just a piece of fabric that protected your bits from the outside like like branches yeah exactly yeah birds yeah like i don't think it was anything to do with (laughs) back to uh your ancient egyptians Yes, linen for your standard knickers. Lovely. And leather goatskin for women who were on their periods. Oh, I wonder if it smells goaty. Ooh. I probably a little bit. Then you fast forward a few hundred years, mm-hmm. and the more modern day version of the underpant drawers, which we would describe as being drawers, were first drawn, drawn, worn <laughs> during the Renaissance for like function things. But quite often people just weren't wearing pants at all, like not having pants on was really common because they were considered to have like knickers were considered to be really like really risque because they were touching your badge. Oh. It's almost that thing goes back to what you were saying about kissing where if you cover the rest of the body then something becomes sexier. Yeah. Like if you put knickers on you're implying that your badge shouldn't be out. Yeah, Raising your com- eyebrows. Completely that. Less taboo, more. taboo, the sweetest taboo. Yeah, so until the kind of the mid nineteenth century, it was almost considered Im- immodest to be wearing knickers, <laughs> and were, and they were primarily worn by prostitutes, apparently, or sex workers. Which implies say. they were quite sexy yeah. knickers. Well, but we're still talking about drawers, I think. Are they the big long guys? Yeah. Then, between the sixteenth to eighteenth centuries, the corset really came in, which were often made of whalebone oh yeah oh yeah um <laughs> and <laughs> anyone ever worn a corset oh i did once someone put one on me at school <laughs> one of my teachers no no i'm joking okay a friend put me in a corset and i was just like wearing it under like a bog standard t-shirt and i remember feeling strangely powerful like it was invisible to everyone that you would have no idea i was wearing a corset and i was like i can see why these are a thing yeah, that's mm. quite cool. Did you feel restricted? No. Do you know what it was like? You know when you get your blood pressure taken? Yeah, yeah the cuff. It was like that. But that's, I like having my blood pressure taken. Okay. Well, I read I read <laughs> when I was doing the research that some of there was a period where they were pulled so tightly that your shoulder blades would almost 
it was like fashion for your shoulder blades to be able to touch. Oh, because I guess it was really oh. good for posture, isn't it? It's oh. gross. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the things we do. Tats. Yeah, it really puffs the tats out. But also, it's squashing and pushing. Yeah, it can't be good. And it's you like get those like tube. real sort of chubbers up above the yeah. corset line. Ah, uh, the chubbers up above the corset line. Yeah. Yeah, the wealthiest woman had corsets that would pull their shoulder blades together. So it was a sign of wealth, apparently. The, the chubbier your breast and the closer together your shoulders, the more cash you had. Then by the 19th century, in the 19th century, by sort of 1841, underpants were variously known as drawers or knickers, designed by Nicker Bocker. From that Glo- Glory? Well, I don't know where the glory comes in, but it was someone called, I think it was a man, Mr. Nicker Bocker. No way. Yes. That's, and that's, that's why. Such it, a cool name. That's where the words, that's the etymology of knicker is in the words that knickers. And boxers? We or I wonder why they're called boxers. Knickers. Knickers boxes. Knickers boxes. Yeah. <laughs> These like 19th century drawers were knee length, which is very chic, I think, and designed so that each leg of the garment or the underpants were a pair, which is where we why we talk about a pair of pants or a pair of knickers. Ah, yes. And you stepped into them, obviously. Well, I suppose you step into your pants now. Yeah. Step into panties. Step in your pants and change. Your- <laughs> <laughs> ah, the old classic. Also, most designs of that era with the step-in big loose drawers had an open crotch. (gasps) Excellent. Because apparently it made it more easy to be able to use the restroom because... It that was makes difficult. sense. Yeah, it's difficult to pull down because there was so much stuff. You'd had like, Is that you'd when like they your had petticoat. The big, and the big shells with the open, dresses on the hoop them. dresses. Yeah, yeah the yeah. hoopy thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if I may, what is a knicker for if not a gusset? I would agree with you on that. At that point when you're wearing sort of pedal pushers. <laughs> <laughs> Gussetless pedal pushers yeah. sound like an enormous waste of time. Very 2002. <laughs> What, gussetless pedal pushers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're covering so much to achieve so little. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, but that's a what A thong it... does more than a culotte. Um, listen to this, though. This is quite grim. Unfortunately, it was around that time that the chahut began, which was a rowdy dance, which evolved <laughs> later into the can-can, and which is, is thought that that might have been one of the reasons why they started using buttons to hold the gussets of drawers closed because so many people were trying to reach in there well if you're going to do the can-can yeah in gussetless knickers you could pop up a gusset pop, pop off. off no because they weren't fully open like a crotchless pant could you open them like a like i get a box and, and then you, you could, could shut them up. again yeah. yeah oh that makes more sense yeah no but this they introduced the buttons because they had just because been open and oh, then and everyone was bad vibes were happening. Right, Appar- okay, yeah. this is Jesus. I, this is all from a website called Made The up. Evolution of Women's Underwear: The Good, the Bad, and the Downright Painful. Oh, and it's actually hoohah.com. <laughs> so God knows if any of this is true, but many medical men, because it was all men in those days, advised against the practice of wearing closed drawers because. They were creeps, probably, but the belief being that women's nether regions required constant fresh air to prevent dampness and all the all the manifestations of hysteria. To prevent dampness? That's not going to happen. Dream on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> i got four minutes. <laughs> okay. Then we get to moving into the 20th century. After World War One, the corsets 
popularity began to decline because it was so fucking uncomfortable and women were getting a little bit more liberated, kind of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And as hemlines rose, underwear became shorter and smaller to accommodate the new style of the era, which included... So that's getting closer to what we wear now, obviously. Yeah. Post-World War II... Apparently that's when the underwired bra came around. You can really see in hindsight, like when you think of that progression from pedal pushers to <laughs> little pants. Puddle pushers. Like why everything must have just seemed so racy. I yeah. know we look at dresses from the twenties now and it's like laughable that that's racy, but yeah, it's actually but it's so jump. saucy. Totally. It was all designed when the progression of underwear began. It was like everything was meant to be like hidden. And so if any, if there's any like slip of whatever, it was like, I don't mean to sound like a gross old man, but we live in times now where there's like nothing is racy anymore because everything is just out on show the whole time. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but it just, there's nothing, you can't kind of be shocked or titillated really because it's just, everything is fully... Oh, it's always still... going to be racy if it's someone you fancy. Right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like yeah. That will always be... It's more like you won't be titillated by just some random person because their ankle's showing. But the person you fancy, you're still going to be like, oh, what's underneath that big lesbian jumper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Well said, Marie. Yes. <laughs> World War II, underwide bras, women working in factories. More practical. Yeah. Then comes kind of the 1960s. Social activism and equal rights came to the forefront of the news. What happened? What can you think of that was associated with? The sexual revolution. And what was everyone doing? Burning Burning bras. Yeah. So the the bra primarily, but like underwear became a political message and not wearing them became a symbol of equality. It's fine if you've got little tits though, isn't it? Yeah, I have to say it can be immensely distracting. A friend of mine with the most tremendous tits recently didn't wear a bra on a day out and all I could do all day was just stare at her tits. (laughs) I was thinking more from the possessor of the tits. Yes, but also like it was quite heavy. Yeah, I'm I'm coming off like Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) If you could cover up a little more. Because you don't see enough tits. No, I think I see enough tits. I just... (laughs) Okay. I think I, I totally support... The supportive bra for the bigger breast wearer. Like, it's not comfortable for everyone to not wear a bra. It's Mm. it's just, it's simply uncomfortable. But also, God, they're distracting if they're (laughs) bouncing around. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I missed out the whole fucking bit about Victoria's Secret, which was a huge thing up until basically the end of the 1960s. Underwear was primarily about practicality and durability and sexy underwear was a special thing. It was like for your like wedding anniversaries, honeymoons, blah, 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 blah. Or like to be sexy, I suppose. Apparently it was more like a treat or something. And then Ray Raymond came along and created Victoria's Secret. The idea came after he was trying to buy a lingerie for his wife from a department store in the mid 70s. And there wasn't anything sexy that he deemed sexy, just floral print oversized nightgowns and a disapproving saleswoman. Oh my God, Palo Alto. Uh, he took <laughs> what? he what? took he took all his savings and borrowed more a bit more money from his family and opened the first Victoria's Secret in a shopping mall in Palo Alto, which is in California. 
which is apparently like Silicon Valley bros now. Uh, do you have a deep connection to it? N- no. <laughs> I just know. Oh my God, I'm, Palo Alto. Alto. What well, happens in Palo Alto stays weird in Palo Alto. Ne- I never heard of Palo Alto and then two days ago someone mentioned it to me for the first time and now it's coming up again. <laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> um, and then that was kind of the boost of like sexy underwear. I mean, I've never shopped there and I've ne- it's never appealed to me really, but it's probably because you don't really... S- I don't really see myself and the women there. And then maybe it's nice to have some sexy pairs of underwear. I don't know. I think it's if they make you feel good. Yeah. Whatever that is, how that manifests is... Comfort makes me feel good as opposed to visuals, to be honest. That's the thing. If it makes you feel good to be in what I would deem to be uncomfortable underwear, then power to you. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it on. Absolutely. But for me... Comfort comes first. Yes. For, as for me, Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> I'm all about, you know, kicking back in my giant M&S briefs. With fully clad women. With fully clad women watching old reruns of Top Gear. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Please. Do you guys, how do you feel about thongs? I like them. I've never actually worn one. Actually, that's not true. My friends gave me some for my 13th birthday and I felt really ashamed mm. and I tried one on and it felt uncomfortable but I think I'd probably like them now I can't get used to the things to the it's, to the string I to... can't get used to the things yeah to the strings I don't it's not for me but sometimes appropriate with uh, certain uh, garments yes I also just have nightmares about a poopy thong oh uh. <laughs> We, oh my god, we'd almost got to the. That's our first mention of who, is it? Oh yeah, that's very that's unlike so us. Off brand, yeah. Gosh, but it's just you know, it's a it's a different kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a kettle. <laughs> a different gusset of fish. Yeah, it's just it's a string up your bum. So I'm not saying any of us gals have pooey. No, no, but it sounds like you are. But no, it, it's I, I, just I agree. A, it's, it's like fear. It, it's it's right it's in there. It's, whereas pants are just hovering. Yeah. yeah, it's on the unuse. Yeah, I think about them as being quite sexy, but maybe I'm being Jeremy Clarkson. No, I was going to say I'm being quite Jeremy Clarkson and thinking maybe they're not very sexy because <laughs> 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 Jeremy Clarkson listens to this. <laughs> I'm sure he does. In that you know. As Jeremy, <laughs> I think that it's sexier for the bottom to be covered <laughs> until it's <laughs> no, come on. Until and then look, and then the full reveal is like, whoa, there's a yeah. Bottom. Look at that ass. Yeah. What I will say about this is, how often do you spend like a long amount of time in your underwear before it comes off? Anyway, the point being that you don't tend to wear a thong and just leave your house. It's your underwear. It's not really a case of being covered up because you are you will be wearing like trousers. Yes, it's not like I'm a stripper. No, but but say you're just well, like, like <laughs> not even that. not even that not even that as in maybe like a thong bikini. But like I, I, I when I say I'm not a stripper, is in like you're not doing a dance in it and being like here right. I am in my sexy yeah, you're underwear. Not, like because ultimately, like generally, like the whole. I think if you're not into sort of like fancy pantsy, it's like it's going to come off. It's coming up. The point is. Once you've got the trouser off or yeah. the little skirt off, yeah. like <laughs> that's when you're at, you know, ignition time. And whether it's a thong or a covered ass, <laughs> yeah, but there is something sexy about a thong. But if a thong, you see it above a little trouser. 
No, I think bend over. very 2K warm. Yeah, yeah but that's that, quite hot. That is really hot. But I, also, I even think that if even if it's just preparation for the big reveal, <laughs> there's still something sexy about a thong. Also, if you're like wandering around, if someone's wandering around in a thong the next day. Yeah. That's kind of hot. And where do they wander? Well, yeah, what's the next day? <laughs> around your what's house. Okay. Or their house. That sounds very the movies. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm just... Are they wearing one of your big shirts? (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what I'm thinking of. I love it when she wears my shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to episode K of A is 4. Join us next time when we will be looking into lying, lounging with lesbians and getting lucky with the lottery. And if you want to follow us for more fun, go on Instagram at A is 4 Podcast. A is 4.